Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode eight in the book of First Thessalonians. Uh, I'm going to do something a little different today, so this will be fun. I'm going to uh, title this Bullets from Paul's Heart, and the bullets are actually going to be my bullets underneath his words to the Thessalonians in chapter three. And what I'm going to do is read the verse and then make a comment and then read verse number two, etc. So this is chapter three of First Thessalonians. Thanks for being here today. Verse number one, therefore, when we could not bear it any longer, we were willing to be left behind in Athens alone. So this is Paul saying he couldn't bear the thought of Christ not being fully formed in the Thessalonian church. Uh, In other words, that they were not ready to fly, they were not ready to fledge as a young church, and therefore he was willing to break fellowship with his good buds, Timothy especially, and uh, maybe Silas, and send young Timothy at personal peril peril back back to the uh, Thessalonians. So that's how impassioned Paul is for the Thessalonians. Verse 2, And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker, in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in faith. So here we are. This is where he leaves Timothy. Uh, so remember all the things that Timothy did for the Thessalonians. Number one is when Paul was up there in the first place, he left Timothy and Silas as he got ran out of town from the from a mob. And he Paul goes to Athens, but he leaves Timothy and Silas up in the Macedonian uh, proximal Macedonia uh, Peninsula to develop uh, the churches. Uh, eventually, they leave. They come back down to uh, Athens or perhaps uh, Corinth. And at this point, Timothy has been sent back up and now he has returned. He may even send a letter, number one and letter number two. So he may goes up, to, may spend time with them four times. I'm not really sure about that. All right, verse three, that no one be moved by these afflictions for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. I just find it hilarious that the affliction that Paul is talking about, at least here, is the affliction of separation from you. That uh, this is the guy, This is he's not referring at this point to his stonings or to his shipwreck or to his beating. It's the affliction of the long goodbye. Number four, for when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction, just as it has come to pass, and just as you know. So one thing that Paul and the Thessalonians have in common is affliction. They were afflicted right from the get-go. They had persecutions right from the get-go. And Paul is saying, hey, I told you so. If you become a Christian, you will have a battle every day. You will have a battle interiorly, and you'll probably have a battle externally. You'll have a battle with your conduct. You'll have a battle with your tongue, with your eyes, with your anger, with your character. And you may have persecutions from uh, outside. In addition to that, listen to this. Verse 5, for this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. So let's talk about Satan for a second. He's mentioned before in Thessalonians, Satan understands this lesson. He understands the importance of Christian development. He understands the importance of uh, Christian fellowship. 
And Satan, if we asked him, we would say, is Christian formation worth fighting against? And he would say, absolutely. I have voted with my feet in this. This is the battle that I choose to be engaged with at all times. I am here to destroy the Christian church and thwart it in every way possible. In effect, it's almost like a reason that we Christians know that we're on the right path is because of Satan's interest against us. So, um, but remember who the hierarchy, Satan is a created creature that God is going to destroy with his, just with his breath uh, eventually. So let's not be too uh, impressed. Verse 6, But now that Timothy has come to us from you, and has brought us the good news of your faith and love, and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. So Timothy is returning, and everything that he reports is good. We have good news of your faith. That is what they do with their soul. He, uh, good news of their love. That is what they do with their hands. Good news about you remembering us. That is what you do with your head and your mouth and your uh, and, and your prayer. So Timothy re- is returning now back to Paul, and the news is just a, a real encouragement to him. Verse 7, For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and our affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. So this news has meant everything to me. Your success is everything to me, and actually you've given me comfort amidst my ongoing affliction. Verse 8, For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. And how important is this? It's like life itself. My life equals you standing fast in the Lord. That's how great of a priority this is with Paul. Verse 9, great verse. For what what thanksgiving can we return to God for you for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God? So here he says, you are my joy. He said it before in chapter 2, verse 19 as well. How can I thank God enough for all the stuff that's happening in you? Verse 10, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Again here, we see him uh, praying uh, earnestly night and day. This reminds us of chapter 1, verse 2, where they were constantly being mentioned. I remember you before God. Um, I want to see you and supply what is lacking, and I want you to be complete in your faith. Verse 11, now may our God and Father himself, this is his prayer, uh, and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. So he's praying that I will see you again, and he actually does. My guess is about three and a half years later, he sees him twice on the third missionary journey, kind of on the way out and then on the, the way back. Verse 12, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for for all as we do for you. So the Bible's full of one another's. Here's one. What is it? Abound for love, abound with love for one another. I pray for all the grouchy soloists in the church, the lone rangers and the unattached, because Paul is saying that is not acceptable. Verse 13, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all our saints. So he's talking about this big holiness train. I'm going to establish your hearts blameless. This is God working his miracle magic. And in us, he sees us as holy and he's coming 
and this amazing stuff that he's responsible for. So here it is, bullets from chapter three from Paul. Thanks for listening.